You are listening to The MILF Podcast for moms intent on living fit and fabulous. Fit and fabulous. This show is for real people. Real people. People who don't have the spare time to live life at the gym and those who have to balance being moms, being professionals, but also wanting to look and feel hot. Oh, heads up. This show isn't about false quick fixes. Not here. Here, we're going to help develop an actual lifestyle change, but one that's manageable along with your other responsibilities, and most importantly, one that is sustainable. You got this. So we're going to take a little time, but we're going to do it right. Are you ready? Let's go. It's time to get your sexy back through healthy and holistic fat loss and get back to being a MILF, mom's intent on living fit and fabulous. And here's your host, Andy. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the MILF podcast. I'm your host, Andy, and today's episode, we're going to be delving into a little bit more detail about my past history, where I currently am now, and also my goals and where I want to head. So let's first start off. I grew up in a little town called Bundaberg. I grew up on a sugarcane farm there where my dad used to contract cutting cane for a lot of farmers around the region. And you could say that he taught us very good values of how to work hard to get for what you want. In a great example of this, I can remember I was wanting to get some pocket money and I was probably only about six at the time. And my dad said, if you want to earn some money to get to go and buy that what you want, you know, there's some rows of cane down the farm there that need some weeds chipped out of. So... Off I went down the farm and was chipping rows of cane for 50 cents. And I don't know if you know how long a row of cane is, but it's bloody long, especially for a six-year-old. But hey, I went and did it. I got some money and I went and, and bought what I wanted to get. So I guess you could say I've learnt how to work hard for what I want in life. And I think that's been carried through pretty much all of my years. So... I grew up on this farm and I went to a small little primary school. I then went on to high school um, and I decided that I wanted to get into the mounted police. So to get into the mounted police back then, you actually had to go and study a tertiary qualification. So I enrolled in a university, um, University of Queensland down in Gutton. It was an agricultural type of college, I guess you could say. And I enrolled in a course called um, the Associate Diploma of, of Horse Husbandry. So I thought, you know, what better way to get into the Mount of Police if I can study and ride horses while I'm doing it, having fun, but also getting my qualifications. So that's what I did. I, and it was a two-year course, but then by the end of the two years, I actually didn't want to be in the Mount of Police anymore. So I decided I still wanted to work with horses. And at that stage, I was 20. And I thought what better way would be to go over and experience the world. So I ended up in getting into an exchange, a work exchange program in the United States of America. And I moved over to the USA in a little state called Iowa. And I worked on a quarter horse breeding and training facility there for a year. And then after that, pretty much I decided I wanted to get out of horses Um you know, I loved my horses, but doing your hobby as a job, I found it wasn't as rewarding. So I decided to go back to study. So I went back to university. I studied my undergraduate degree. I went on to do honours and a two years of a PhD. 
I got a job in the science field and I thought at long last, after eight years of study, I had found my dream job, but it wasn't to be. So whereabouts did things start to go or start to unravel or go wrong for me? When did I start having body issues or self-confidence issues? Because obviously, you know, I was, I was educated, I was smart, I was intelligent, but, you know, I still wasn't exactly happy with what was going on in my life. So I guess you could say I've always been a very sporty and athletic type of person. My parents had started me in athletics pretty much from the age of four and I carried that all the way through to my high school years. I played netball, I ran cross country and I even represented Australia in touch football for three years in a row in my early 30s. My issues though started in my early teenage years. I started to absolutely hate my body. I would cover up at the pool. I would forge notes from my parents so that I didn't have to go swimming in front of all my classmates. And I would actually just hate anybody seeing me without being fully clothed. You know, it's, it was a really bad place for me to be in, in in my early teenage years. As a result, you know, it led me to, you know, have some not so great relationships. Um, I, I wasn't confident enough to to say what I really wanted and I put up with a lot of crap that I probably didn't need to if I actually just had the self-confidence and self-esteem that I, I really deserved and, and needed at that particular time. I would say, you know, my eating habits up until that point were pretty terrible. I would be known to have stashes of lollies and chips in my pencil cases. I would be binging on lollies and chips on the way home from school, on the school bus. You know, my relationship with food was actually pretty bad. I, I never used to have breakfast. I was lucky if I had lunch. And, you know, my only saving grace was that my mum would have us have a beautiful dinner at nighttime. So, you know, at best, I was looking at eating once or twice a day, along with all the other junk. Yeah, so I, yeah, my relationship with food was actually, actually really, really terrible. And then if you were to look at my, you know, the exercise that I was doing on top of any other sport that I already had with school, you know, I had a bad relationship with exercise so much that, you know, I would be exercising in my bedroom behind closed doors and doing it in secret so that my parents wouldn't know what I was doing. I just had such a bad relationship with my body and food and mindset that, you know, I, I just didn't know where to go and, and what to do. And I guess you could say this type of, you know, behavior carried right through until I, I hit my 30s. And I mean, like I didn't need to lose weight. What I wanted was to shape my body and I just didn't know how, how I could do it. I was doing back-to-back gym classes, hit classes, running, sport, you name it, I was doing it. And I would wear that exercise as a badge of honor. Like I would write it down in a journal or a diary, like how much did I do today? And that was my thing. I was just like, I've just got to keep going and going and going because I still haven't got what I wanted. So yeah, I've done some pretty stupid stuff in my past. Um, Exercise, obviously, so much that I was burning myself into the ground. Um, And I did some pretty stupid stuff with diets as well. I mean, like I was 
obviously not eating or not eating enough. And then even if I was hungry, I would say I wasn't hungry because I was like, no, I've got to eat less. I've got to eat less. I've done detox diets. I've done 12-week challenges, done cookie cutter meal plans. I've tried cutting out carbohydrates like your bread, your pastas, your potatoes. I've tried cutting out your sweets and your chocolates. I was addicted to weighing myself absolutely every single morning. And pretty much whatever that number said on those scales would dictate how I would feel that day and what I would eat and how much exercise I needed to do. So you can see like my history with exercising and and nutrition or I guess diet has been actually quite bad. And it was something that I really needed to get out of because I was just thinking, how the hell can I keep eating less and exercising more to get where I wanted? So it probably happened probably in my early 30s. This is when I decided there has to be a better way. And I looked into becoming a PT thinking, well, PTs look like they have it all figured out. So maybe I should become a PT and I'll know, I'll know the secrets of how to get where I want to be. So that's when I decided, yep, I reached that point, let's become a PT. And I started studying my PT and realizing that actually that's not the answer and that wasn't the way that was going to help me get where I wanted to be. Yes, it was great information, but it wasn't the information I needed. I knew already knew how to exercise. I think the biggest problem for me was in my eating behaviors and probably my mindset and, and how I was wired. So I needed to take a better approach. And it was in that stage where I said, there has to be something else. So I looked into nutrition and looking at qualifications surrounding that so that I could try and piece it all together. Now, it took me a fair while to get to my goal. Like I'm saying, you know, from the point when I first decided to make a change to when I would look in the mirror and feel at my absolute best, it actually took a little while to get there. You know, it wasn't just a few months. It was definitely a journey and one that I absolutely love because it's ta- taught me so, so much. My initial goal when I first started was to just shape my body. I wanted to get rid of my saddlebags as I had no glutes, or I guess you could say I had a bit of a saggy butt. Um, I wanted to get some abs and I wanted to build some nice legs and some glutes. And so my to be honest, I guess my goal was to get into a bikini model type of shape or appearance without having the need to get up on the stage and and doing a competition. At this particular time, I was already 35. So I was like, there's no way I'm getting up on stage in a bikini, you know, especially coming from my past where I couldn't even fathom the thought of of my classmates seeing me and would cover up with the shirt. So for me, you know, just to get my ideal shape that I've always wanted was a big thing for me. And it actually took me a long time. If you were to go and have a look from start to to when I achieved that, it actually took me very close to two years, you know, so it definitely wasn't just a little short-term thing. Now, what did I do in those two years compared to what I did for the previous 20 years? Because let's be honest, 20 years is a long time and all I, and I did a lot of exercising, I did a lot of training, I ate next to nothing, I tried many diets and it still didn't work. So what did I do in those two years that actually helped me out? First of all, I did structured training. So I wasn't winging it anymore. So this time I would have set 
sessions that I would do on set days. I didn't go in there and just go, oh, yep, I'll choose this machine, this machine and that one. I actually had a structured program that set me out exactly what I needed to do for that session. I had the weight, I had the reps and I had the sets. I had a small amount of exercises to do. I got in there and I got out. It was an intense and very strategic session. I also ate more food. Yes, less is not more. And this was, you know, eye-opening for me. So from going to eating pretty much nothing to eating more food, I couldn't believe how much my body started to change. So ladies, no, eating less is not the answer. I also did less cardio. So from my previous background, I was very much your cardio bunny. I was always doing the HIIT classes and boot camps and Les Mills classes and touch football and running every single day of the week. But in those two years, I actually did less of that and got in the gym more lifting weights. So if you don't know, lifting weights is actually where you're going to get the best out of your physique as it helps you build muscle. So obviously then the next thing is I did more weight sessions. So my weight sessions, as I said before, were very, very planned and structured. And my aim for those weight sessions was to improve not only my technique, but to also get stronger, which meant, you know, trying to increase that weight every single week that I went in. And one of the last things that I want to touch on that I did different in that two-year period was actually sticking something for longer than, you know, that eight, 10 or 12 weeks. So for me, it was consistency. So, you know, I'd, I would now incorporated better eating. I had now incorporated better training. But now to apply that long-term rather than always thinking it's just, you know, this short-term thing. So I was actually consistent there for a two-year period, which then saw me get into the best shape of my life. Now, going on from there, I actually fell pregnant not long after that um, with our first child in 2015. Um, He's now six, so that was six years ago. And I've also had another baby just recently um, who is Phoenix and he's now 18 months old. Now, you know, how has what I've done in the past um, differ from what I do now that I've got two little boys. Um, to be honest, this this is a bit of a tricky one because I think there's a lot of things that have changed. So I've just picked probably my five top ones that I, I acknowledge and recognize that have changed. I've had to learn how to manage my time better. So now I don't kind of just wing it. And if I get a chance, I'll do that. I actually plan and schedule out my weeks so that I know exactly what's going on, what hubby has on, what the boys have on, if they have swimming, if they have athletics. I need to schedule in my training days. I need to schedule in when we're going to meal prep, when we're grocery shopping, all of those things so it's not left to chance and so that you have a clear, distinct time of when you're going to do things. This also allows you to get into a better routine and structure and then everybody also knows what they're doing. I've had to also learn how to prioritize me and put myself first. So as a new mum, it was very easy to get into, I guess, the habit of, oh, the kids come first, the kids come first. But over my time, I've 
discovered that, you know, I'm at my best if I put myself first, get what I need to get done, and then I attend to the children. So for me, that works really well. I'm probably a better wife also um, because I'm just in a, a more positive mind frame. So for me, my my needs come first. I need to fill my cup and then I go about, you know, doing whatever my kids need at the time. I've also found that um, acknowledging that there's some things that are going to be out of your control. So in the past with before kids, you know, you would be able to go to bed when you wanted to go to bed, wake up when you wanted to go to to wake up. You know, you'd be able to do your training when you ever wanted to do. You could cook when you wanted to do. Like you had a little bit more freedom, so to speak, or I guess a luxury of being able to do things when you wanted. Now that you have kids, you know, um, there's a lot of things that are going to be out of your control. So there's going to be sleepless nights with, with babies. There might be sick kids, they're teething, they're, need you for, you know, their activities. So now what I do at times when, you know, when my 18-month-old is cutting teeth, like right now he's cutting four teeth at the moment and he's, you know, we're having sleepless nights. What I try and do is not complain about it but look at it as as my new normal. So this is what it is right now. I need to just go with it and do what I can. And that's how I find – dealing with your uncontrollable instead of stressing about it I just think and treat it as my new normal so I might be tired for a certain period of time that's fine to still do what I need to do to get to where I need to be I think one of the biggest things that I get asked quite often is how do I stay motivated and I think the easy answer to this is that motivation comes and goes it's not going to just magically stay there all the time it's like an emotion so it's always going to be up for a little bit and then it's going to disappear so what I rely on is my structure and my routine to help me get through those periods when I really can't be asked doing anything yes I hate food prep yes I hate training sometimes and there's nothing worse than wanting to you know have to go to the gym or anything like that but it's so set in my routine now that I actually miss it when I don't go. So on the days that you're absolutely really tired and you feel like you can't get to the gym or you know you might just stay home, I feel it's just better to get to the gym and do your session regardless of whether it's at the same weights that you were doing the week before or whatever. But as soon as you get there and you, and you get through it and you get through your session, you'll never regret it. So I always think just go because something is still better than nothing. Alrighty, so what are my goals now? You know, so for me, my goals have changed a lot since when I first decided to change, um, you know, all those years ago from having to just want to improve my shape to being a PT and and um, also competing in my first competition. I'm now a coach to other women and now a host to my very own podcast. So my goals now uh, to continue on this on this path of improving my life, improving those that I coach, improving the lives of those around me. And I want to be the best at it that I can be. I want to connect and reach out to as many women as possible. 
And I want to be able to keep leveling up. So I don't want to get, I don't want to fall into getting comfortable or complacent. Like I just want to keep improving my knowledge and, and broadening my horizons and, and getting out of my comfort zone because, hey, if I can't get out of my comfort zone, then how can I encourage my clients to do that as well? So for me, my goals right now is to continue to work on myself both physically and mentally um, and to be the best I can to continue as I age so that I can be the best for my two boys and my family. And I guess the biggest drive for me and my goals is that as I age, I want to actually be the best that I can be. I want to look the best. I want to feel the best. I want to function the best. I don't want to break down. I don't want to feel tired and lethargic and can't play with the kids and can't do all the things that I want to do. So for me, being functionally able to do all those sorts of things is my driving factor for why I do what I do. I see so many mums who say they're tired all the time. They don't have the energy to do this. And you know, they, they sit there and they complain about the aches and pains as you get older. But I want to put myself in the other part of the spectrum and be the small percentage of, of women that actually thrive as they get older. You know, I am 43 now. So for me, you know, I'm, I'm getting closer to the mid 40s and, and, and going on to, on to 50s. And And I just feel like right now I'm better than I was in my 20s and that's all I want to do is keep getting better and better. So if I could give anybody advice or even give myself, my younger self, any advice, um, what would it be? One, first of all, do not wait for so long. I waited almost 20 years before I I snapped and so, you know, I can't keep going on the way that I'm going. So that's my biggest thing. I would say if you feel like you can't do it on your own or you feel like you're going around in circles, please don't don't wait for so long and and ask for help. The other thing is to be realistic with your goals and the time that it might take to get to there. So if you've been going around in circles like I did for 20 years, it's not going to be undone, you know, in a in a matter of months. It's it's going to take a lot longer than that because we've got habits and routines and all those sorts of things that have been embedded in us for that long, for that long a time. So please be realistic with the time expectation that you feel it's going to take you to get where you want to be. Focus on what you want to achieve and not what you think people want you to achieve or what they might think of you. So one of these things is, you know, you say, oh, I want to achieve this, but you're too worried about saying that publicly because you're worried about who is going to judge you. People are going to judge you regardless of what you do or where you go. So I say, just be true to you and do what you want to do and stuff everybody else. And the last thing I want to say is make sure you surround yourself with people that are on the same journey as you and that you can relate to because they are going to be your support network and there's nothing better than having a group of people around you that all value you and value your goals and where you want to go to that they can help you stay accountable. Alrighty, guys, I think that is a wrap for my first episode. I have babbled on long enough. And if you want to share the love, give some feedback or ask any questions, please head over to my Facebook page, The MILF Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk soon.
Thanks for listening to the MILF Podcast for moms intent on living fit and fabulous. Would you like to share your journey and getting your sexy back? Getting your sexy back? Then head on over to the website for full access to show notes, resources, and links to the Facebook group. Get connected. So you too can join the conversation and network with others on the same journey as you. Stay motivated. All wanting to live a fit and fabulous lifestyle. You can find all that and more by visiting the MILF Podcast. Dot com. That's M-I-L-F-F podcast.com. Dot com. Dot com.